up, everyone? Welcome to day six of 31 days of horror. That's right, we are still chugging along here on 31 days in a row of horror comics. We got a good one today. I am so excited for this. You guys, we've got the co-host of $2 Late Fee, a podcast that takes a deep dive into everything 80s, and he is also the co-host on Podcasting After Dark with our beloved Corey, he, uh, which is, a, as you guys know, a podcast about movies your parents never let you watch. Oh, and he's also an everything voice actor. He just does everything. He's awesome. I already love him. His name is Zach. What's up, Zach? Hey, hey. It's the, <laughs> it's the, uh, the special 666 episode. Ooh, you're can, so right because can we call this. It that? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. I'm now. It is. That's what it's <laughs> yes. called now. Yes. Yes. When oh, I was a kindergarten yeah. teacher, uh, and we would be counting, <laughs> I pushed the envelope a lot as a kindergarten teacher. Uh, my former <laughs> students can attest to that. However, uh, there was a couple times when I get the the number six, and I go six six six, the sign of the beast. And so the kids would come Ooh. home and they'd be like six six six, the sign of the beast. And the parents would be like, What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Where did you learn this? Mr. Schaefer. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, well, happy to be here. <laughs> good. Hi, yes. We're, uh, I mean, we're. this is a very devilish episode, so Ooh. that's very, uh, yes. yeah. Nice. You, okay, so, okay, I have so many questions for you. First of all, comics. You love comics? I do. I, okay. I love comics ever since. That was actually how I learned how to read as a kid. Really? Sitting on my grandfather's boat in a small lake in michigan which is now gone uh the Uh lake's not which is sad but i used to sit on on this house actually it was our neighbor's houseboat and uh i would we'd go on the drive up to the lake we'd stop by the corner store or liquor store whatever you call it and Mm -hmm. i'd get uh i'd get you know a few comics for like 25 cents each and i'd sit on the boat looking at the pictures and then eventually learning how to read the words and just being immersed. I love comics. And then as I got older, horror comics became my jam, like everything no horror way. related. Yeah. It just is weird. Like, um, I forget the name of the comic book store now, but I would go there and they just said all these weird, uh, before the walking dead was a show on AMC and obviously a comic before that way before that, there was another version of the walking dead. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's and it's way different. It's a zombie book. And what year? Oh, oh, I understand what you're saying. It's a, okay. I want to say it's like it was like early '90s, and I still have it. I have to look it up. But um, but but the zombies were, um, they they would talk and you know kind of act like the humanoids, I guess. And um, yeah, everything horror related. Full Moon Entertainment, which put out some really cheesy like the Puppet Master and demonic toys and trancers i had all those comics those were like kind of one-offs i was a big fan of like stuff you couldn't find anywhere else you know yeah. fright night uh reanimator Ooh, night. you know yeah. all they were like there were there were kind of uh mini series put out and yeah i love comics so i'm happy to be on a show to talk about comics and slash movies yeah, I I am so excited about this one. We are reviewing both the movie and the comic, The Crow. Whew. 
I okay, so I have something to confess. I said I told you when we were texting about this show that I had seen it and I watched it and I'm like, wait, no, I've never seen this before. Whoa, like I, really? I I actually think I got it confused with V for Vendetta and also my dad was a huge Bruce Lee fan and mm. I feel like I like saw it and listened to the soundtrack like vicariously through him when I was a kid. Okay. Because I was only four when this came out. So I didn't really like, I mean, he wow. would never let me watch it. Oh, I'm okay. so yep. old. I'm so old. <laughs> no, don't say that. Say, I feel It's so funny you say that because I feel like anytime I reveal my age in any part of my life, people are like, whoa, I'm way old. And I'm like, no, you've just lived more life. I don't know. Like it's, it's like. No, you're right. You're right. It, you know. No, I, but, totally. I, I, when I was a kid, I would say that when, when I was a kid, um, <laughs> I used to think that 40 was so much older than I feel now like it, it it's just an extension I've got a few more wrinkles yeah. and uh you know god's frosting or platinum hair as they like to say uh yeah <laughs> I never said god's frosting until I had a co-worker say you have god's frosting and I'm like I'm not religious and I have no idea what that means but cool it sounds good but you so. got it yeah I'll take it uh, I mean. yeah four years old when this movie came out okay so I yeah. was I was in um I was in high school Okay. And uh, I I had gotten the graphic novel, or the the the, co- the, the comics before, okay. and was familiar with them. But like your dad, I was a huge Bruce Lee fan. Took martial arts and was way into like the spiritual aspect of it too. You know, yeah. be like water is his whole his yes. whole mantra. Uh, and then when Brandon Lee came on the scene, I was I was like, that's my generation's Bruce Lee. You know, this is going to be right. the guy who, like, changes it all for us, right? Yeah. And he, then, oh, go ahead. Oof. I was just going to say, Brandon Lee, man, he, first of all, good Lord almighty, from above, he is so attractive. So fine. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, that and, like, just the fact, like, his story from this movie makes this movie even, dare I say, better in like the most respectful sense like it's you know what i mean like it the spiritual aspect which you're talking about it's like the fact that he died on this set yeah like my heart hurts watching it you know yeah totally um i don't think my wife had ever seen it if she had it had been a really long time as well Mm -hmm. and so she's like is this the scene where he got shot is this the scene where he got shot and i said i said i for i don't i think it was actually early in the movie the actual scene Mm -hmm. um that they re-edited obviously but um, you know, I, I just really quick on on Brandon. I I was yeah. I was obsessed with him. I just thought wow. I was like I, I, every movie I couldn't get enough. Every movie he was in, I wanted to watch. And and it, in his early career, I was really disappointed because his movies he he wasn't ever, ever able to shine, in my opinion. Um, in a, in a lot of the early movies he was in. Do you think he was because he was the shadow of his dad kind of thing? I, I think so, and I think he was trying to find his way, and I think people just cast him because he was Brent, Bruce Lee's son. Totally. Uh, he did a movie like his his he did a bunch of movies early on, but then he did one called Showdown in Little Tokyo with Dolph Lundgren, and it's cheesy. It's like a buddy cop movie. It's it's not very good. As much as I want to like it, I I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. But then he did a movie called Rapid Fire. I think in like '92. And it's an action movie, but it's it's got a lot of heart and character, and it's got a great backstory because it deals with like Tiananmen Square, um, mm. and and it's got slave trading going on. It's it's a pretty wow. it's deeper than I think typical action movies at that time. 
And then, obviously, The Crow was next. And I remember reading about it in Fangoria and how they yeah. were going to make the movie. And he was stoked about it. And he was like, you know, this was his first opportunity to really show what he could do as an actor. Right. And then it was gone. What the heck, man? So you were heartbroken. Oh, I was. I remember hearing about it the day I was, I was like after school track meet and uh yeah. and and kids were like hey did you hear brandon lee died and and i'm like what and i was i actually started crying because i was no such way. a huge fan yeah. and i liked i i loved him so much or loved who he the personification of him yeah that um my first trip that i ever took like where i said to my parents i want to go to this place you know kids are like i want to go to disneyland i want to go to universal yeah. studios I said, I want to go up to Seattle and I want to visit his grave. Wow. And we're talking like, I think I was like senior because this is 93, I think, 94 maybe. Uh Um, I was junior. I think I was a junior actually. And so I, I, I made like a, in ceramics class, I made like a little yin yang symbol, but it was the, it was Bruce Lee's um, symbol that he had. And I took that up to Seattle and I visited the grave and I left it as gravestone. And like, I mean, I was obsessed. I was obsessed. And Dude. and then came back to school and, and did um, a face mold of my face. And then I painted the crow logo on. I still have it oh somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Uh, With all the face paint? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my god! But it's like a ceramic bust that you can, you know, hang on your wall or something. And um... That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. My teacher's like, you want to do what? And I said, I want to, I want to, I said, can we do that? Cause it was ceramics class. He's like, okay. And this is, you know, I hated high school. I hated it. But, uh, but the one thing I liked about it was my artistic expression. And so he, a ceramics class allowed me to do that. Wow. And I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> I can't hear. Is it construction? Yeah. You guys, we have another guest today. It is construction at Zach's house. <laughs> Apartment <laughs> life. Anyways, I'm glad I actually pretty much just finished that story. So there you go with the Brandon Lee story. So, oh my gosh, um, I Zach, I'm so honored that you're here to share those that story with me because and us here at OCD because that is really really special and that just adds even more depth to this review. So thank you again for being here. It's my Um, pleasure. I'm I I remember when you asked me on and I'm sorry I've had a lot of coffee and might talk too much. Me too. Yay! Yay Yay for caffeine. Please. But I remember when you invited me on the show and you're like, what do you want to cover? And I said, I want to talk about The Crow. It was like the first one of the first things that hit me. I was like, no, The Crow is the way to go. Because you said, well, it could be a movie as well. And I'm like, oh, man, I haven't I watched The Crow in like 10 years and I watched it the other night. And we'll obviously talk about that. Uh, And the comic I hadn't opened up in maybe 20 years. It sat in my kid's room under his bed in a comic book box that I hadn't opened in over since he was born. So I was like, Oh, I didn't know I had this. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think I took a picture and I sent it to you. Like, look at these, you know? Yeah. And, um, I got so excited. So, and, and I, I follow you obviously on all the podcasts and the Instagrams and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Tess is one cool person. And I Aww. think, I think she and I actually will hit it off really well. So, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm honored to be on your show. Thanks, man. That means a lot. And I feel the same way. I was like, we got the same, like, we're very deep, empathic people. And like, we just express through through our art. And so I was like, all right, I'm so glad it's the crow because it's literally like, if we were like a wet rag of emotion, we're just going to wring it out right here. Like it's, (laughs) 
You know what I mean? It's like, this is deep stuff. So anyway, this is going to be a good episode, guys. I got a good, yeah. good feeling about this. So um, I'm, I really just want to let you talk because I just have, I have questions, but then I also just want to be like, just gush about. Okay. So I watched the movie first before the comic. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I did because it answered some questions for me because the comic tells it in a very backwards way, whereas the movie is very linear, like it starts at the murder and then it, you know, he rises from the grave and then he, um, and then he, you know, kills everyone, which is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a revenge. It's a revenge story. And I love revenge stories. Yeah. Yes. But this was such like a... A, like a cathartic revenge story for this yes. guy because like he was given this opportunity that I'm sure no other soul has um, or maybe they have and we don't know but uh, mm. it's it seemed like we were on his side the whole time like he was a very he was a genuine guy after you know to revenge his true love which is I'm already like getting emotional like it's it's just inc- like it's incredible this story is the, the way they roll it out for us it's like it's it's dark it's it's ominous and it's he speaks in poems he's you know just his get up everything about it yeah i i this was on the cusp uh this is right when goth started taking off right the the whole goth look back in the early 90s and um and i think this his look inspired so many people we i mean to this day um, I've got friends who, you know, say that this is their favorite movie. This is their favorite comic book series. And, and it, it is a very, at its root, it's, it's a very primal story. It's a very simple story of revenge, but, but in love and, and the feeling that you have when you lose that love. Um, you know, I, I read the forward to the graphic novel again, uh, and I, and I went through the comic book as well. And, you know, the, the author, seemed like he was a very complex, troubled person. And I don't mean troubled mm-hmm. like in a mental sense. I mean, just like he had just a lot of a lot of things going on in his life that he was trying to figure out. Yeah. And he cathartically processed it through this beautiful comic book. And mm-hmm. I feel like the movie, and albeit it has flaws, you know, here and there, but it, it's a pretty faithful adaptation of his story. Obviously, it changes some things around. They have to, I get it. Uh, and budgetary reasons probably sort right. of reason yeah. for that, but this the movie holds up. It's it's came out in yeah. ninety three. It's like what thirty years old, and mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I, I it dare I say one of the more faithful adaptations of a comic book at that time. Dude, you know? that's so well said. Because when I was reading the comic, okay, so you said flaws, but the flaws that I see, I think that it's just because um, if you even if you look at the comic, it's not perfect. It's not no. like the perfect like right. It's not like to the T comic. The lines aren't perfect. Sometimes yeah. the handwriting gets a little messy. Yeah, and then he makes the handwriting varied, and then he throws in some poems, and it's like, it's if anything, it's his art piece of yes. like his troubled heart. Like it, I was reading about him. I forget. It's J J Obar. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He, um, I, there's actually an article on him where he did an interview and he said that this was very related. Like this was almost literally his life. Cause he had a, a love that died when, at, um, 18 by a drunk driver. Mm. And he said the all parts are, are me, even the bad guys. Like it's, it comes from real life, and I think that's why we connect with it because it's not. And like you said, it's a perfect comic to movie. I mean, it's not the perfect, but it is a very well like comic to movie adaptation. Um, 
because they keep all the characters relatable and they don't make it like like they don't they don't push the gore they don't push the no. you know they stick with what it's about yeah there's only one really gory scene and that's at the end when uh michael wincott you know the main villain who's so good mm-hmm. he's so good with that voice that mm-hmm. that kind of gravelly voice the grinder, yes like you uh. know he's from there this takes place in detroit but he's clearly got a southern kind of drawl about him yeah. Um, he's such a great villain, but when he, when he gets his comeuppance and that's like the only probably pretty gory spot, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think when I said flaws, I think a lot of that probably had to do with the fact that, you know, they went back and reshot some stuff after Brandon had died. Right, right. And if you don't know that story, we may, if we don't get into it, you can clear, you can go online and check it out. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the begin I think the opening scene was reshot to kind of fit the, the movie yeah. and but the cast is phenomenal. They capture, oh you know, I think they actually bring more life in certain respects to uh, the comic books villains, mm-hmm. specifically um, Michael Wincott's character and um, David Patrick Kelly, who I absolutely love from the Warriors. He plays T-Bird. Um, oh, cool! And, and yeah, Michael Wincott plays Top Dollar, you know, and and but mm-hmm. yeah, David Patrick Kelly is, in my opinion, one of the greatest villains of all time, and yeah. you know, he his his death in that movie is like mm-hmm. so iconic, that you know, the, with the flaming crow, and I think everyone everyone even if you've never seen the crow, you know that scene, and you're just like, oh yeah, that scene's so cool, you know. Yeah. Um, the villains are so colorful. The acting is so well done everybody's so good the guy who plays skank is like such great comic relief and yes you know yeah. which which is needed mm-hmm. and there are some light there's enough light elements in it where you go oh i can breathe for a moment you know yeah and yeah you need those moments because it is so emotional throughout the whole thing and there is like comedy um in it and one thing that i really i like that there's like so like the comic is one thing but like the movie is like they're each their own art piece but they're all they're both related to each other like they hold hands but they're not like the same whereas the comic follows eric eric yeah eric the whole way through like we're just with him the whole way yeah um you know and the and the crow that you know we've got certain elements throughout this whole thing we've got um we've got gabriel the cat we've got sarah who is sherry in the comic um yep. and then and then we've got um Shelley the wife and then we've got Captain Hook who is actually Captain Captain Albrecht in uh the movie. So like the comic, I like how it just follows him and we're just with him and we're hearing his inner deep voice and his heart and what he's saying and it's just like it's you guys, it's an it's an art piece. Like you have to really take your time with this comic. It's it's not something to rush through. There's so much to look at. Like, there's so many little details here and there. Um, like, the even just the fonts and the lettering and everything. It's, you know, and then they, they open up each chapter with, like, this is the chapter on irony. This is the chapter on despair. This is the chapter on death. Um, and I did you did you like that part of the comic where it's just, like, we're just with him the whole time versus the movie? Yeah, I, it's, it's, um, it's, it's intense to read it again after... Yeah. 20 uh gosh yeah 20 some odd years because it was early 90s when i originally got it mm-hmm. uh and then i don't know if i gave them away 
Um, but then I ended up getting the graphic novel, which is, I think you can find it pretty easily on like eBay or something. It's not too expensive. Yeah, I got expensive. it on Amazon. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah, I love, I mean, I love that on one hand because it's so personal. Sure. And it's, yeah. it's J.O. Barr's story. It's, mm-hmm. it's his journey. Whether there's, you know, there's elements of truth in it. Um, but for him to dig so deep into those emotions and and you feel the rawness of it and it totally. feels it's, it's it's so urban and I, when i say urban it's just like it's gritty it's it's set in you know detroit i i'm from detroit too originally oh okay so that yeah, you were saying hit, you were by the lake with the comics yeah 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 that so that hit home uh i lived in a small uh sit, town outside of detroit called royal oak and at mm-hmm. the time uh our the police were we had a cul-de-sac and the police were at our uh, the end of the cul-de-sac almost every weekend it seemed like really and it was it was it was dirty it was gritty it really was that yeah. gritty and yeah bad. and we were poor wow. like we mm. I, uh it's a longer complex therapeutic story no um <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but no we we didn't have much and 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 you know detroit is a very depressed it still is it's just a pre- depressed place um and so and devil's night is a very much a real thing and so you know flashing devil's night can you explain that devil's so devil's night was was like the, the the night before halloween or on halloween um mm-hmm. where just people will go out and destroy things set buildings on oh. fire legit wow okay yeah. and so you know there's a line in the movie where um Michael Wincott's character, Top Dollar, he's like, Devil's Night is, you know, it's on postcards now or something like that. And and yeah. um, it's true. It became like people made T-shirts, Devil's Night. And uh, and and so typically, I think in 8 Mile, they they did a pretty accurate depiction of what it, Devil's Night was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and people just destroy stuff, you know, set things on fire. And I was so little at the time. Uh, I moved to California when I was eight. But I'm wow. obviously very familiar with it, yeah. And because it was going on for forever, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a night where you set the city on fire, and elements. I think I think there's elements that ring definitely ring true today, um, mm-hmm. because there there's a lot of anger in that and a lot of frustration, and th- there is the one side of the people who just like to you know cause havoc. And but if you trace their if if you were to analyze those people as well, they've got probably underlying issues that they're frustrated and angry about. You don't just go out. Yeah. You don't wake up one day and you, unless you're a sociopath and just yeah. say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to set building on fire because it's fun. Yay. Yeah. Um, no, there's something going on there. You're carrying a lot of hurt, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I you know, I think clearly uh, what's depicted in the book and in the movie, um, you know, where Eric and his his fiance are both murdered and it's horrible Mm -hmm. um you know there there's this idea of like everything happens for for a reason something happened to that person prior you Mm -hmm. know um as much as we are angry with certain political people specifically Mm -hmm. right now you wonder Um, what happened to their childhood if you want to know about his childhood go watch secession because i think that's a pretty accurate depiction of uh (laughs) on hbo oh, yeah oh okay yeah i'm just saying it i think i feel like oh that is this this is based on uh, the trump's uh, family whoa okay i'm interested okay. yeah hmm. secession's great and david patrick kelly's in that in a very small cameo in season one uh <laughs> at the end just fun fact so just um fun fact. love it 
yeah <laughs> welcome to my wild brain um yeah it's all good man wild brains are welcome here yes <laughs> but yeah devil's night is crazy like it and and you know it, it was like something of folklore people would talk about oh you know, the devil's night's coming oh. up you know i think yeah. it was i think it was like halloween night yeah it was on i was on halloween yeah so you have to like hunker down and be prepared oh yeah that. you know it, oh. you think about like dogs or cats the way they react to fireworks yeah. You know, and how terrified they oh, are. Shit. Or yeah. or not even that and PTSD people with PTSD dealing with it, you know. Yeah. It's always something that frustrates me a lot too, is like Santa Monica right now we have a lot of fireworks going off and mm-hmm. and I understand it's a lot of emotions, but yeah. people are like, Oh, I love the fireworks and you think, Yeah, well what about the person who was in Iraq, just got back from Afghanistan and thinks yep. it's a bomb? And yep. think about that because Can't sleep. Yeah. you know, just just Open your mind just a little bit. Have a little bit of open perspective. It's like, it's not all about you, bro. Like, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. I understand uh, you. Go go light off those things. Do you remember, Um, I think they're called. Uh, it black, rolls out, right? Black cats. Yeah, or snake or yeah. something. And it was the, yeah. wor- it was the, the worst thing. It, all yeah. it was set on fire and it curled up and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's like a wet fart. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. okay. You know, or get a sparkler for crying out loud. For crying out loud, get a yes. Sparklers are so fun. You can draw stuff and take cool pictures. Sparklers or, are the best. Know. They don't they hurt don't. anybody. I don't think. Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> or those little right, right. Everybody okay? Yeah. Uh, or those little poppers, you know, that you throw yeah. on the ground. Go down to Chinatown. People. They're like, yeah. you know, a quarter. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um. Anyway, sorry. It, no, I love it. I love getting off topic and then finding a way to get back on topic. It's so fun. You got to take those side detours to explore deeper things. I love it. I love this conversation. <laughs> Likewise. Uh, no, we're all good. Uh, so, yeah, it's funny because, like, I'm looking through my notes and I honestly don't know what to jump to next because I, like, I've never, I've never, like, read a comic and watched a movie and been like, oh, but I want to talk about both. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. know, they're so varyingly different and the same. And I keep saying that, but it's like, it's like, they, I don't know. It's, it's, it's gooey and uh, it's good. Okay. So I want to talk about Gabriel the cat because he shows up in both of these. Yes. He shows up in the movie and the comic. Yes. Um, and in the comic, he's the cat. Well, both, I should say. He's Eric and Shelly, the main characters. Um eric and shelly's cat and in the comic it was a gift for christmas and in the movie they don't really touch on it and he just shows up in the beginning yeah. um but he follows he follows um i keep wanting to call him the crow i guess i'm calling the crow eric yeah. is the crow um throughout this comic and he kind of serves as like a memory point like when he's reminiscing at the apartment and he's like hanging out with gabriel it's like it's his only friends the only thing he can talk to but anytime he touches him he gets a flashback of what's happened in that apartment which is what they in the movie obviously changed that around where he gets flashbacks by touching particular objects and, you know, and, and, and Gabriel doesn't factor in really at all other than just to be like a cute kind of nod to the comic book. Right. Yeah. It's like, here, we put it in. <laughs> yeah. And I get that. I, I know at times uh, they've got to change things around or cut it yeah. for, I, I, again, um, you know, Brandon Lee was shot on set. Just so mm-hmm. weird to me that that would happen like that in this yeah. that and during even that day and age there was an actor in the 80s a name uh, mark allen hextrom i think and he mm-hmm. was in a show called cover up or cover girl um it was like a just like a action uh, evening action show on abc 
Uh-huh. And really good looking dude. He was also in a show called Voyagers, which was a really cool show. And if you don't know it, you should check it out. It's about this this big good looking dude and this kind of nerdy young kid, and they go on adventures in time and space. Oh, cool. I don't know if you can hear that. More construction? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, so no like worries. Someone's draining a toilet or something. Um, okay, I think they're done. <laughs> Anyways, he uh, he's so he's he's you know on this show Cover Girl, and he's playing with a prop gun. So not a live gun, but a prop gun, and uh-huh. it, but it's got blanks in it. And he puts the gun to his yeah. head, pulls the trigger, and the impact of the um, the blast, the air blast, I guess, um, like basically killed him. You know, yeah. I don't know if it was a brain aneurysm or something, but uh, and so you think you'd learn from that, you know? Yeah. And then on set, the, the you know, and the, obviously there were conspiracy theories, and my thing with conspiracy theories, there's always a little bit of truth in everything, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you know unlike the flat earth stuff and that's just a bunch of bullshit so yeah <laughs> i don't know if we can swear by the way but sorry if you want to believe that. no please okay. you can you can swear all you want cool yep. cool it, see cool my fine. 15 years of teaching kindergarten i didn't swear for 15 years so people were like yeah. are you a prude and like fuck no uh, oh. oh my god you said what anyways um <laughs> love it yeah the, the you know who knows exactly what happened i know there's been a ton of investigations on it but uh mm-hmm. the guy who did it um, which I, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the character who plays uh, Fun Boy. Um, oh, okay. I think that's the one who did it. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Um, and I think, you know, he obviously was hurt, so tore up by it. Um, yeah. But, you know, that changed the trajectory of this movie. Who knows if it would have been oh, you know, two hours point. long, right? Good point. It's an hour and 40, which is I think it's like a perfect amount of time. Oh yeah, and I feel like they cover so many really good bases. Yeah, obviously mm-hmm. they changed um, a lot of some of the characters' names around. Like yeah, you said with Sarah, um, mm-hmm. she's so good. Like the little little kid that the actor that plays her. Oh my god, I love her. I was like, she even had like the half shaved head, which is so popular now. But back then, that was so rebellious. Yeah, For like a little kid, you know. Yeah. I know. I love that. The the I, I know I said it earlier. The whole goth. Mm-hmm. Um, fashion sense was really, I think, really influenced heavily by The Crow mm-hmm. and where it just became so cool. Really? You know? And just like that. And, and it's, it's, it's just, it, it's a, it's a lifestyle, you know? And I think it was more of a, maybe a lifestyle back then, just like grunge was or neon in the eighties, which I dreaded, but now love. Um, now you love. <laughs> I love it now. I mean, come on. Everything comes back. Right. Um, right. Always. But but even like down to the music, I feel like um, th- obviously the comic book doesn't have that component. Mm-hmm. But the but movie- does it? But does it? But yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it kind of feels like a freaking song, right? It does. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I no, 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 no. Add that in there. <laughs> no, I just I I think um, you know the soundtrack first of all, which I still have on cassette. Oh, amazing. Amazing. I was that obsessed. And um, underrated art form, in my opinion, of cassette tapes. But, uh, but <laughs> you know, the, in the, in the, there are certain songs on the soundtrack where you're like, ooh, that could have been left off. Or, ooh, that's mm. a, a filler. Uh, like the last, the, the, the Can't Rain All the Time song at the end. I, I used to think it was such a sweet song. And now listening to it, I'm like, ugh. Maybe this needs to be auto-tuned, but um, <laughs> no offense, no offense. I'm just saying. But, you know, no, it's no. like got 
uh, The Cure, and it has Rollins Band, and it's got Nine Inch Nails and Stone Temple Pilots. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I just, Bams, yeah. Yeah, like, those are... First of all, when the Stone Temple Pilots song, Big Empty, which is actually my favorite Stone Temple Pilots song of all time, for mm-hmm. some re- and it's probably because it's associated with this. Yeah. That comes on just for like not even five seconds. And I remember being in the theater so excited because the soundtrack came out first, you know. And that, oh, oh, yeah. And that's that's oftentimes what would happen back then to pr- promote the movie. They release a soundtrack, you know, mm-hmm. and then you watch the movie and then hardly any of the songs are in the movie. And you're just like, oh, but I want to yeah. this orchestra score. What the hell? <laughs> Which is. Not a, any offense to the composer of the movie, no. but I'm just like, no, nah, I wanted to hear more of this goth kind of inspired like, grungy sound. Yeah. And uh, it was like such a tease, you know, and a lot of movies in the 90s did that. They would promote the movie with this killer soundtrack, like the movie I Judgment remember, Night. Yeah. Judgment Night was like, we take hip hop artists and we take metal <laughs> artists and put them together. Biohazard <laughs> and Onyx. And you're just like, OK, cool. Sign me up. And then you watch the movie and you're like. They're, the songs are not even in the movie. Like, what the hell? Uh, yeah. That's weird. Um, it should yeah. say inspired by, you know? Anyways, right. uh, sorry, I'm all over the place. But No, I love it. It's awesome. I feel like we're on we're on the same track, but but yeah, no, we're good. We're good. We're all good. I think this comic book, though, I don't know if, if you ever um, played music while you were reading comic comics to come. <gasps> no, but that's genius. Right? I have not done that. Oh, but okay. For this one though, like I was, I listened to the soundtrack this morning to like get hyped for this episode mm-hmm. and it definitely helped. And, um, you say like they used to bring out soundtracks before movies. I totally remember that because my dad, he was a martial art guy and he, like I said, he loved Bruce Lee and he would like, I was listening to the songs. I was like, I know the soundtrack. He played it all the time. And like, I think that's why like I really connect with the crow because like the crow is a very troubled soul. My dad is like a very troubled soul. And mm. so I was like, oh, I see my dad through this. Like it's wow. like I feel for him, man. It's like the rain and the and the darkness and just like not being able to escape your own head and what's in there. So, no, the soundtrack, it just was like another layer of awesome, it, you know. So That's intense because my brother's that way, too, my older brother. And um, mm. and, and you think about. I'm not saying this about your dad. I'm not saying this about my brother. I'm just saying in general with people who have um, either they're bipolar or they have, um, mm-hmm. you know, PTSD or and, you, mm-hmm. and, and this movie and comic book really capture what it I think it's like to live with that in this cloud of darkness yeah. all the time. Yeah. And the feeling sure. you get, you know, when COVID first hit in here in uh, Santa Monica, it never rains in L.A., ever like you know as you know you live in Burbank it's like it doesn't rain that often and and when it does it comes and goes well when COVID hit we had I think like a week maybe even two weeks of uh you know and I know people like and this this doesn't take away anything from anyone else's experience this is purely just my own sure um but you know being in that and ha- and mm-hmm. not being able to leave your already knowing you're not supposed to leave your house, and and we're and mm-hmm. we're in a fog like what the hell's going on right? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, so we have like a deck that we can go yeah. out on and you know, and and that's nice. And um, but not being able to go out on your deck and and like or going even outside because it's pouring rain, you know. Yeah. 
and that and that sense of depression that hits in, you know, mm-hmm. and people who deal with depression, um, you know, who are clinically depressed, uh, and 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 that having that feeling all the time, mm-hmm. um, and then those glimpses every now and then, the sun would come out, and you're just like, oh yeah, and then it would rain again. And you're like, oh no, you know, and and totally it, this this book this movie capture I think a really uh, interesting glimpse into what it's like to live with depression or yeah. you know any sort of disorder that that mm-hmm. fe- that cages you mm-hmm. um, so I don't know that's just my yeah and it's I agree because like you're looking at the little girl and all I'm thinking is like just run away just run away and go figure it out somewhere else or like yeah. to the mom like just make her those eggs it's okay like yeah like that whole scene with, um, I think it was Fun Boy at that one, and he goes to murder. So I know we're not really covering it very specifically, but he did like the crow or Eric. He goes and he murders all these guys who murdered his 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 soon to be wife, the, the absolute true love of his life. Um, and he starts with Tintin, and then he moves on to other guys. But one of them is Fun Boy, and uh, Fun Boy is in bed with a mom who's the she's the mom of Sarah the little girl who's really close with who was really close with Eric and Shelly when they were alive and Darla. so Darla oh yeah Darla the mom and she's like hanging out with this dude and they're shooting up uh, whatever and the crow comes in which I love the way that Brandon Lee just shows oh, up so at people's it's so good. he's just like hello like who is it Santa Claus like <laughs> And they all ask when they see him, they're like, who are you? What are you supposed to be? Every single one. What are you supposed to be? Uh, Yeah. And so Darla's with the guy and he goes up to Fun Boy and and he's just kind of torturing him. He's everybody's trying to shoot him, but he's immortal. You know, as much as he's human with his emotions, he's immortal. You can't kill this guy. He's he's just out for revenge. And it, it helps that he can't get shot and stuff like that. So. Uh, so yeah, and I love the part where he puts Darla, in, he, the fun boy, in the bathtub to just like cool off to just torture him some more, basically. Yep. And then he goes up to Darla and he says, "I can't even remember the quote, but it's so beautiful. It's like the the gift of being a mother. Basically, why are you squandering that by being, you know, with these crummy people?" And he squeezes the morphine out of her her um like shot wounds in her arm. Yeah. And I was like, I think I put my hand over my mouth and I was like. <gasps> It was like even that depth. It's like you just want to yell to the mom, like, just leave, leave this town. Detroit is not the place for you. But you can't tell her that because she's got all of, like you said, like depression, just all these other voices inside of her head telling her where she needs to be and what she needs to do. And that's overcoming what she should actually do. You know what I mean? Like the the voice of God, per se, you know, like get out of town. Well, he even says, yeah, I think I I forget what the same the direct line is, but it is something to the effect of, um, you know, mother is God to the eyes of a child or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah. And then the next, in the th- next day she's trying to make eggs for her daughter and yeah. her daughter's like, you know, I th- I'm assuming she's maybe 10 years old, 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so the daughter at this point is so disconnected from her mom because her mom yeah. has been, you know, an addict and uh, unfortunately abused by these guys uh, and, and so she's, she's like, well, what are you trying to like, you know, trying to impress me now or something? And her mom just like, mm-hmm. Oh, forget it. But then I love that when her, when Sarah's just like, no, no, let's, let's, let's eat eggs or whatever. Like, you know, let's try. And it's, Oh, it's such a heartwarming moment. Cause you're just like, that's all kids want 
is yeah. is is for to be loved and uh and be accepted and and to have the opportunity you know and so it's so cool and you're right like brandon lee brings such a life to to eric there would be no i don't think anyone else they they've done what four or five sequels after this in a tv series and it's just yeah, not the same it's not yeah. the same and I, it and can't I, be no like, and i remember like they're like this is going to be revolutionary and we've got this actor now and that actor and they constantly replacing one after the other like no, you don't break mm -hmm. the mold. I mean, the yeah. the mold's already been broken. You know. Sure. Yes. Brandon yes. did that. Yes. Brandon embodied that character, just like, in my opinion, Wesley Snipes embodied Blade. Um, you know, yes. But, oh, hundred percent. Right. And um. Or or you know, Ed Norton embodies the Hulk. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Mm. I'm joking. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say. Uh, uh... Fight Club. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Well, that too. But uh, no, I, I was thinking whole, more yeah. like comic book style. Uh, yeah, or yeah. Stallone embodies Judge Dredd. No, joking. I'm joking. <laughs> they do not. Neither of them do not, in my opinion. Um, however, no, but he, yeah, like his lines, his lines are so good where, yeah, Fun Boy shoots him in the hand and, mm -hmm. and Fun Boy's laughing and then he starts laughing and he lets out that, you know, Woo, like that rock and roll woo and, and it's so great because it's just like oh you know you know brandon's like really feeling this scene and there's a few moments where uh like at the end of the movie when um you know by ling's character which is which is a really interesting dynamic with uh top dollar uh, mm -hmm. micah Mm -hmm. who's like his the sister his girlfriend but there's yeah. like incest going on it's very creepy. oh they really were brother and sister i thought he was joking well because because okay. i think he said you know same father or something like that and yeah and and i think i always thought that they were and so when they're making out with each other i'm just like oh that's it's cool to for the villain sense because you're like oh yeah he's so evil he's because there's moments of top dollar prior to snorting up cocaine uh mm -hmm. actually no i <laughs> well no there's a moment in the beginning with top dollar when he's mm -hmm. looking at the um he's looking at a snow globe and he's and, and, yeah. and there's a girl on the bed and you think she's just sleeping and his quote-unquote sister comes in and, they, and he's yeah. talking about you know childhood dies the mo my daddy always told me that childhood dies the moment you or your childhood's over the moment you realize you're gonna die or something like that yeah, and, and yeah he's that's got exactly tears it, yeah. in his eyes and you're just like oh my god so cool but then she's and then his then micah's like you know I'm paraphrasing. She's like, let's let's cut out this girl's eyeballs now, you know. <laughs> You're like, oh shit! Whoa. And then he's snorting <laughs> up cocaine and he's talking, he wants killing everybody, and, and you're like, okay, this guy is down and dirty, evil. Um, yeah. And it's cool because I love it's this is I have continuity continuity issues with movies where they don't explain certain things, mm -hmm. and it's not in a John Carpenter way where it's like just use your imagination. It's more just like no, this is, should be explained, you know. Right. I love at the end when Eric is battling Top Dollar, Brandon Lee's character, obviously, mm -hmm. and uh, and Top Dollar's like, you know, you know, I'm the reason. I, again, paraphrasing, he's like, I'm the reason yep. that you're, you know, you guys died, and you put a smile mm -hmm. on my face too. So, you yeah. know, and you're like, oh, you are, you are the main dude. You know, you need to go yeah. down for this, uh, as opposed to like, well, why is, is this just a simple like, because like you said, Eric wants to go out and kill all the people that did this to his mm -hmm. him and his wife fiance mm -hmm. and then at the end when you know that battle's taking place you want it, it's kind of the roles are reversed because top dollar is angry with mm -hmm. eric and wants to take revenge on him for all the carnage and destruction he's caused 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then you realize, oh, wait, no, there is this vested interest. You know, they both want to mm-hmm. kill each other for the same reasons, you know? Yeah, because they're both just super hurt, just super hurt little kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like on yeah. the inside, and especially the villain. He's, and I love your voice for him. You're oh. that's exactly what he sounds Thanks. like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, uh, fun, fun fact, I, um, uh, I have a friend of mine who's good friends with Michael Wincott. And, no way. Yeah. And so years ago, um, I had this friend named Daniel who uh, lived in Hollywood who made leather jewelry. Came to L.A. to be like a rock and roll singer and didn't work out. And then parlayed that into like leather jewelry, made belts and bracelets and guitar straps and just wow. un- like so talented. Awesome. You know, you meet yeah. those people in your life. And you're like, oh, I wish I was as talented as you were, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, no, nah, he was he was that guy. Anyways, uh, my uh, friend, who was a parent at my school, she saw my bracelet I was wearing one day, and she's like, oh, I love that. And I said, oh, my friend makes these. And she's like, oh, can you take me, can I buy some from him? She was very uh, financially well off. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, this would be a great opportunity for her to get something she loves and maybe invest in my friend. Because I'm all about wanting to uplift my friends, you know? Good. You're art. Yeah, of course. Like, if you know someone who's an artist, I'm just plugging right now. If you know someone who's an artist who needs a little bit of help and and you can help them by introducing them to someone, introduce them to someone. Like, do it. Do it. Do that link. Because you never know. And and it's not, it has nothing to do with you, but think about like what it does for your friend, you know, the impact. Oh, yeah. And um, I want to hear your story, but like on that, I totally believe in that. And it's also like when people don't share that love, it's like, it's like for some reason, the reason why they don't share it is because they feel like um, to share that love is to uh, like refute the love that they could get themselves. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like there's enough love to go around, is what I'm saying. Always. Yeah. Always. Please promote your artist friends. Oh, yeah. Please do it. Um, Because they, you know, we all need love, and that's a great way to show love. It's just like, hey, you know, let me, let me um, share your post or whatever. I don't know. Um, hey, man. Yeah. But helps. but anyways, this this mom, uh, I took her over to my friend Daniel's house in Hollywood, and this is a mom who's like a, she's one of the uh, top lawyers in L.A. Divorce attorneys. Holy cow. And yeah, so she's really well off. She's yes, doing great. She's doing great. Yeah. Wonderful person. Um, lives in a mansion essentially. And I take her to my friend Daniel's house, apartment in Hollywood, uh, Mm -hmm. this dingy, you know, old Hollywood hotel that he's been Mm -hmm. living in for years. And it's very dark because he's very, he's he's not, he's definitely 70s Robert Plant inspired, but it's like dark, low lights and candles everywhere. And the walls are red and it's, it's really badass. And it smells like patchouli, you know, and and he's always playing like the best music, you know, and he's drinking out of the coolest drinking glass. And he's got like, he, he, he put leather on his countertops and carved it in. And it's just like, Oh my God. The guy was, the guy was, he personified cool, dark, cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. And in many ways, he kind of looked a little like Top Dollar with the long hair. Um, And so I don't know how it got brought up, but I brought Michael Wincott up in discussion. Or maybe she said, Mm -hmm. you look a lot like my friend Michael. And and Daniel's like, you know, it's like, oh, who is he? And she started saying he's an actor. And I'm like, Michael Wincott? And she goes, yeah. And I go, oh, I'm a huge fan. This is like in 19, this is in like 2008 or nine. And, And she goes, Oh, she goes, oh, I'll call him up and, and you can talk to him. So she calls what? him up on the phone and she's, she's like, yeah, I, I'm here with my daughter's kindergarten teacher and he's a really big fan. <laughs> and she's like, here, talk to Michael. And he's like, Zachary, 
nice to oh meet you. Oh my God! You know, I'm like, oh, I'm really a big fan uh. of yours, Mr. Wink God. You know, well, that's what I, that's what I just heard. So that's great. <laughs> well, it's nice to meet you. And I'm like, yeah, I think you're a terrific actor. And you know, that was it. Wow. I tried to get her. I tried to get him as, for an interview on podcasting after dark, but yeah. uh, he doesn't do interviews. Or, you know, at okay. All, which is I'm like, okay. that's cool. I said, hey, it's worth respect. asking you. Know, for total respect yeah. um, for for an actor of his caliber, because I think he mm-hmm. like he plays his villain so well. You know, it's dude. So good. And you know what? To be on an interview, it might even expose him and, and erase that you know that mystifying yeah fog he puts up as a villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to do that. But I just I do yeah. appreciate the moment I had and. Um, of, that's I mean, incredible and that's a really long tangent but wait but did your friend did she buy from your friend or oh what? yeah not only did she buy like you know i can talk about it now because i didn't i'm not naming her name but uh yeah. you know she bought like five thousand dollars worth of his stuff oh. and then set up a boutique in her house and <gasps> he was in fred siegel which you know if you don't know oh what fred siegel God. is like fred siegel's like a cool high-end boutique they have a bunch yeah. of different boutiques in their stores so he was doing that for a while, um, and 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 was pretty successful with it for for a little bit. So uh, wow, and you were that link. That's so cool. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you know, I I I I like to think that um, I know he I know he appreciated it. Uh, yeah. And that's all that mattered to me is that it didn't even matter if he appreciated it or not. It just mattered that I was able to get him some exposure. That's cool how the universe immediately rewarded you. Like, hey, you want to talk to Michael Wincott on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the closest link you, I would get to Brandon Lee. Um, you yeah, know, so. Quite literally, yes. I mean, yeah. And Until the day you die, you'll never meet Brandon yeah. Lee. Yeah, and I, and I know we, we, we touched on the, the, the comic book a little bit, but, you know, the movie, I think, had such a deep impact on yeah. me, I think, on everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know... If you've never watched it, I think people should definitely well read the comic, watch the movie, yes, um, and, and just yeah. really look at it, look a little bit deeper than the surface. Um, yeah. Because yeah, the, I was gonna say there's one cheese ball scene in it when um, literally it seems to me every single stunt man in Hollywood was in that scene, uh, the really? shootout scene, <laughs> where I'm like, none of these guys look like his gang. They've got those like 80s mustaches and the that <laughs> 80s hair where guys didn't yeah. put product in their hair and it just okay, like poofs yeah. on their head. And like one guy looks like he just walked out of a Zubaz uh, Gold's gym with the Zubaz pants on. Like, Where the <laughs> yeah. hell is what? This is really what? And I that guy right through it. Yeah. And, and one actor, uh, I think his line is like, you know, so what? Or I don't know. He, he is yeah. literally uh, thug number three in every single movie he's in, you know? <laughs> and you're like, okay, these, these are not very goth looking dudes. Like T-Bird looks like the top yeah. villains that Eric disperses of, you know, Tintin, who's so good. Like that guy Dude. who plays Tintin is so Dude. evil. Because at one moment you're yeah. like, oh, I kind of feel bad for Tintin, you know? He's just trying to get by. He's just trying to get money, mm-hmm. you know? No, wait, no. They're murdering people, then taking it to a pawn shop. Mm-hmm. All, they're taking murdering the- and robbing people, then mm-hmm. taking all the stuff that they've robbed and take it to a pawn shop that's owned by Top Dollar. You know, it's yeah. all mixed together. It's probably a way of, you know, um, what do you call that? Laundering the money, you know? Yeah. And we slowly learn that Top Dollar owns the whole fucking city. Yes. Like- 
Yes. He's the reason for their uh, demise, essentially. <laughs> like, yes. And can we talk about the fact, too, that that city, which I think is supposed to be Detroit, uh, it's all mm-hmm. shot on a soundstage and it's used and use of miniatures. Um, what? And it's beautiful. Yeah. I think it maybe the, the church scene might have been shot in a location, but for the most yeah. part, it's shot on a soundstage and miniatures. What? Yeah. When when That's people awesome. didn't do that. Like, uh, I think the, the director was uh, is um, Alex Proyas. Mm-hmm. Who, if you've never seen it, I think it's actually actually based on a comic book also, but it's called Dark City. Um, okay. That movie is so good. I think he followed mm. up The Crow with Dark City. Okay. Oh, it's great. It's great. Um, but his and he, his use of miniatures and it looks like a comic book unfolding, you know? Wow. Yeah. It's so great. And Brandon Lee does have his action scenes where he's able to do like some of his cool moves and yeah, he's got a body of a god and, you know. Yeah, and a face a, of an angel, and uh, <laughs> uh, he he plays so he he plays a lot of or he played a lot of uh, like spiritual things like heaven and hell kind of that was like his I don't I don't know him other than the crow. I mean, I would recommend watching Rapid Fire if you're mm-hmm. if uh, it's it, but it's a very typical action movie. It's very cliched, mm-hmm. but there are some moments that are just like oh, very heartfelt moments. This was his only movie where he really got to like shine um deeper you know and be himself and not be Mm -hmm. his dad bruce lee never made a movie like this um but bruce lee died when he was 32 you know what the heck oh i didn't know that yeah and then brandon was 28 29 yeah Whoa. i mean i know where i was when i was 28 and (laughs) you know you weren't doing stunts on top of buildings how long ago yeah no you know i i (laughs) It's crazy, and and um, that you know that his that his life ended tragically, like this ascent, like the character in the book, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, um, I want to talk about one of my other favorite characters, which is Winston from Ghostbusters. Oh God, Ernie Hudson, yeah, for real. Yes, so good. Oh my God, so good. I I love. He's my favorite Ghostbuster, and then I saw him in this, and I was Ditto. like, is that? Yes, I loved him in this. He was even like gooey and dramatic and, you know, he was totally a good um, playoff for Brandon. Like he was like a father figure to Brandon or excuse me, to Eric. He was. They have that great exchange where um, where his character, you know, Albrecht is at home smoking a cigarette and wearing his Mm -hmm. cop hat and his (laughs) uh, boxers and T-shirt. And uh, I love that scene where where he says to uh, Eric, he's like, are you going to vanish? And he goes. And and that this is a moment where Brandon <laughs> Lee shows this is the side of Brandon Lee that I just loved, where he like kind of smiles. He goes, "Well, I, I was actually thinking about using the front door, you know, or something <laughs> like that." And you're just like, "Oh man, he's got so much heart, so much heart." But yeah, Ernie yeah. Hudson is. It's funny. My wife said the same thing. She's like, "Is that the guy from Ghostbusters?" And and that's my yeah. son's favorite Ghostbuster as well. And uh, and he, he he's so good. He's so good. Uh, so good. And and yeah, he elevates this film. I think if they cast somebody else in that role, it'd just be like, meh, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say Brandon Lee, Michael Wincott, Ernie Hudson, mm-hmm. and then David Patrick Kelly as, as T-Bird. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you've never seen The Warriors, um, Dreamscape, Commando, um, I think he might have been in... La- uh, a movie called Last Man Standing. It's like a Western mm-hmm. with Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just so, he's such a slime ball, you know, but he, but yeah, there's a poetry guy. about him. 
you know? Yeah. And I think yes. what you were hitting on earlier, just the poetry yeah. in this film with this with the dialogue. Obviously mm -hmm. Albrecht is like more he's your your standard cop, but he's got layers, right? Yeah. His wife is leaving oh. him, you know? And we slow and that's the thing that I love about this story in both the movie and the comic is that they slowly unravel each character like you at the beginning of each one you feel you feel for all of them because they're all going through tragedy and they live in this terrible town but they reveal even more as to why they are the way they are it's like literally why you don't judge a book by its cover like yep. you know if you ran into t-bird or top dollar in public you might judge them and be like wow those are mean guys like they suck obviously they are but like we don't know their story. We don't know where they've been. So like, there's there's like a, a point of where you like like you said before, you feel bad for Ten Ten. You know, you're like, oh no, like you can see his heart. And even at the end, when Top Dollar and they're on the roof, and he's like, you made me smile today. There was a moment I was like, oh, and then I'm like, no, no, you're yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're bad. No. <laughs> because someone someone who wants to change, right? You know. Yeah. We live in a society now where. Um. You know, if you find out the history of somebody and and you automatically want to just say, nope, that's it. Okay, goodbye. Mm -hmm. You're done. You're mm -hmm. done. But like you cancel culture, man. Cancel yeah. culture. Um, but then you understand like I'm just it just happened the other day and that's why I'm bringing it up. So the school mm -hmm. boat he goes to my son is uh, John Muir. It's an elementary school in Santa Monica. And, mm -hmm. you know, this article came on the L.A. Times about John Muir and, and who and who he really was. Right. Oh, I'm so interested because I like. I think you just search John Muir, L.A. Times, you know, it'll pop up because okay. it literally came out, I think, like two days ago or maybe on Monday. Um, oh, shit. Anyways, the, the, the long story short is that he was a very flawed person. Uh, you know, okay. he's re he's he's revered as being the father of um, environmentalism and and in um, hiking and outdoors and blah, blah, Him blah. And Teddy Roosevelt. Right. Yeah. And yeah. but he but as this article very eloquently points out he was a product of his time and during that right. time oppression racism which clearly exists both of them today um mm -hmm. and and just the, the the slaughter of indigenous people uh mm -hmm. you know first people native americans however you want to prefer um mm -hmm. you know he was a product of that and and well, so he was yeah. responsible for yosemite uh national park was not always a national park yeah i think and i think on one hand people say oh okay we got to rename that school now because you know john muir is a bad person you go wait hold on a second though there's yeah. a there's layers to this and let's mm -hmm. have a discussion because what ended up happening further in his, later on in his life he's had an opportunity had an opportunity to reflect and and try to help and fix those ways you know mm -hmm. from his his past Mm -hmm. And deal with them in a very thoughtful way, I think. And this article kind of points that out. They dig into that a little bit, you know. And I think that's yeah. important to understand, too, is like, you know, these these characters in this story come from probably a broken situation and then they become mm -hmm. evil. But do they redeem themselves or do they not? And then, yeah, you know. And if right. you don't, and if you don't, and you are just a heartless, evil person, 45, uh, you know, <laughs> and you have no yeah. empathy, like you said, like empathy is the link, right? That changes. Mm -hmm. like, oh, I never thought about it that way. 
I mean, yeah. we, if we all dig a little bit in our past, we probably said or did something that we're like, ah, you know, I never, I shouldn't have said that. Or, you know, I broke up with a girl one time without ever calling her again. It was like, I felt yeah. terrible about that. And she just showed up one day at my work and dropped all my stuff off. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And she's like, you know, she screamed at me. And my boss was like, who's that? And I'm like, oh, it's my <laughs> former girlfriend that I never oh. broke up with. I just stopped calling her. And I'm like, eh, that's, you ghosted her. I did. And I'm like, people were ghosting was a thing, right? And I feel, yeah. I feel shitty about that. I still do to this day obviously clearly <laughs> sorry pamela so sorry he's yeah. sorry okay you know it's I horrible know i don't even remember yeah. her name but um oh, that's a whole other story that's a whole other podcast yeah. um yeah, yeah but but no i think you know like we we all can dig into something where we go oh yeah that was a that that was a that was a take back i wish i should could have take, taken that back mm-hmm. obviously yeah. not as horrible as other things that have happened in this world yeah um but if you can redeem yourself and you mm-hmm. can and you can and evolve evolve and and say okay well what can i do to make this situation better what where's my part what what can i do right and yeah. the characters in uh the crow it's like almost like there's moments where he's eric's giving them a minute to just kind of reminisce reminisce yeah. and like you know where tintin's like you know oh man you know i, I don't know what you're talking about man and then and then, like, we were on drugs, you know. And in a sense, he's like, oh, is he trying to justify? But then right after that, he hits Eric, and then, you know, he wants to kill him. Yeah. Right? Never mind. You're dead. Yeah. 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 And I want to introduce you to my yeah. little friends or whatever, you know. And, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that person needs to be disposed of. That's a cancel. That's someone. <laughs> yeah. Delete. Delete this person. Permanently delete. Oh, my gosh. Anyways. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. It's um, it's it's there's so many really deep topics that you can bring from any and all of this. And it's just it. it I don't know. It brought up a lot of conversations between my husband and I. And we were like, because like I said, it reminds me of my dad. And I'm like, I see my dad in the crow where he just is or, or even and also the bad guys, too, mm-hmm. where it's like he doesn't know why he's like his life is so terrible. It's because, you know, you're not. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. But uh... <laughs> so press pause, and then we'll be back for another hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I come back crying. Yeah. Okay, guys. All right, all right. I feel better now. Uh, yeah. No, totally. So. Well, you know, I okay. On the dad tip, I'll just reveal this. You know, my dad and I were estranged for many years, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and my brother was so angry for him at him, mm-hmm. and just said, "Well, I'm, he's done." And mm. I when I had a girlfriend at the time who was like, "Why don't you just pick up the phone and call him?" You know, mm. and I'm like, "Well, and I don't like, want oh, to." Shit. And she's like, yeah. "Well, you, it's your that's your choice then. You know, if you if, yeah. if you want things to, you know, you gonna let things go, or are you gonna and, and try again, or are you gonna hold on to this bitterness, right?" Mm-hmm. And I did, and my dad was blown away, and we <sighs> really? have uh, you know, a wonderful relationship now. Like, it's, wow. and he's so deep much deeper than and he would freely admit this much deeper than you know he evolved he evolved he changed and he admitted you gave him that space to do that exactly and and with no judgment with no judgment like i accepted him for who he is you know and i've even said that to people too like uh you know if somebody in your life you just they just drive you angry and you're like well but you'd still love them and it's like well what can you find in them you know what are you willing to let go on your own you know Mm -hmm. versus what are you willing to not let go of um, and bring to the table and have an open discussion about, you know, versus just mm-hmm. like a, you know, cut and dry. My dad and I have a great relationship now, you know, and so wow. thank, thankfully. Um, and so, you know, he's got a grandson that he just is obsessed you with, which is great. Oh, you know? That's all you want, man. Yeah. Like, and, and there's no, you know, there's no judgment. I know my dad is 
he's got some things too that maybe I might not agree with, but we don't go there. Mm-hmm. And and it's mm-hmm. not in the sense like I have to go there. Like, oh, we gotta mm-hmm. we gotta talk about. I gotta change his mind. It's we're like, no, that's that's his opinion. It's not hurting anybody, and he's entitled to that because it's not hurting anybody, and we can move on. Right. And that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That's an incredible story, Zach. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. Like I, that's, that's awesome. And that you gave him that chance and that probably helped him evolve even more just by you being like, Hey, you be you and I'll be us and let's get along. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Where's where's the common ground, right? Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure like your son was very much like a thread in all that. Like that probably helped him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Kids have a way of doing that kids man they can either drive you (laughs) completely nuts and you lose your mind and or they can can change your world completely or a little bit of both yeah Yeah, well they got it i love kids because they shake it up they're like they're you know you have a set rule in the house and then they break it and they're like well i don't see why that's a rule and you're like i don't either (laughs) wait a minute why is it a rule why do we care about that (laughs) that's true yeah i don't know yeah Uh, so one more thing that i want to touch on before we wrap up here um which is the the underlying thesis of he love he is uh you and i are both married and very much in love with our our partners and so we know that like pull to that drive for love that pulls us forward in life and like what inspires us and influences us so like it's so absolutely relatable when he's just like uh, like not obsessed but he's just like he's him and this girl are are one they you know they show that in the comic so beautifully yeah with the artwork yeah with the artwork they have like these flashback moments and it's almost like you can hear the music, like we said before. It gets so he's so passionate about her, and everything that he does is for her. And and in the movie too, when we see her at the end come to him in the cemetery, like I teared up. That was I was like, oh, you got your love, like you you did it. You know, yeah. you avenged her. Now you can live and rest peacefully. You don't have to live on this earth as a ghost. Like you, you did it. You know. Yeah, that's really intense. Um, because you know, I think many people have been in different kinds of relationships. Toxic mm-hmm. ones, ones mm-hmm. where you're just like, what happened? Ones where you do feel like you died, you know, uh, yeah. emotionally. And to know that, um, you know, the, that the love will the love will eventually triumph, you know, it will get you through. Uh, it's very mm-hmm. hopeful. It's a very hopeful message. Um, you know, I think uh, it's, yeah, I think, again, it's, it, I think there's so much darkness and depth to that mm-hmm. relationship where you just feel like, Oh my God, I feel like I died because my partner died or because, or I feel like I died because I got dumped, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've all been there. Like, I think mm-hmm. we have, I think everyone has in some respect, um, mm-hmm. where you feel like my life is over now. It's not. Yeah. Without that. Yeah. Yes. Ugh, yeah. You know, and there's this opportunity, you know, like you said, uh, earlier in the, in the, in the podcast, like everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. I've got a great acting coach who said um, there are no coincidences, right? I fully, fully believe that. And yeah. and so you feel like you're that character of, you know, it's the hero's journey. It's it's okay. You're you're this is this is the thing you're dealt with, and how are you going to recover from it? And are you going to recover and rise above and defeat those demons? Mm-hmm. Or befriend those demons you know yeah yeah um and rise above that or are you going to let be suffocated by it and it's not everyone's has a different journey and different experience on that but um you know 
unless there are, unless there's no underlying um, mental mental illness going on, something that is is a is a legit wall keeping you from changing your life. Right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We can all do it, you know, mm-hmm. and and find that relationship that you're that you flourish with. And I love that they're they're together at the end, and and like the yeah. you know, and I think this movie should have been as the comic book. It's like should have been standalone. You don't don't make a bunch of sequels after that. Just oh my gosh, done. people! If a movie is successful, you don't need to make another one. Just let it live in. You know, you don't even have to make another one twenty years later. Like yeah. they're already talking about like making Jason Momoa. Um, the crow or something yes. that's what i kept seeing and i was like just i love jason moa love him um however like i just he i don't know I, i'll be there to give him a chance but like it's not this film like it no. will never nothing will ever compare to this no i mean I, I love someone like a christopher nolan who comes up with uh original or semi-original ideas and and uh <laughs> because because the movie um what's that movie with dicaprio where they go in your dreams um, oh, 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 Inception. my gosh. We Inception. just watched it. Inception. Yeah. That's based mm-hmm. on a Scrooge McDuck comic. And, and what? Yeah, it's totally ripped off. I'm just saying. What? Yeah, you can go online, type in <laughs> Scrooge McDuck Inception, and there's a comic book where the bad guys go in his dreams to get the, um, the code to unlock the vault for his money or something like that. Totally. Do you think he really did rip off Scrooge McDuck? Oh, I think he was influenced by it. Influence, okay. <laughs> you know, a, a t- not a Tarantino influence where it's obvious Tarantino was like, "Oh, this is my homage to blah blah blah." It was more yeah. just like a maybe he had a dream, and you know, Marvel Inception. Yeah. Um, see, I bring it back to comics too, but um, <laughs> I love it. But no, the the uh, the. The, I, I yeah don't touch it don't just leave it alone leave these movies alone you know they talk mm-hmm. about oh we're gonna remake the warriors which, thank god i don't think they're going to or escape you from keep new bringing york that up. i've never seen that movie I, and it must be the fact that you favorites. haven't seen it and, and and don't listen to Corey. cheap plug for podcasting after dark mm-hmm. in, a, in a roundabout way uh yeah. don't listen to Corey when he's like no nah, i watched it and it was okay no it's great it's, okay. it's great. Okay. And it, movies are subjective. I get it. Some people mm-hmm. love one thing you love and someone might not like it. And you have to just take that for what it is. They're wrong. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but The Warriors is a it's the ultimate chase movie. It, it, it's it's, um, you know, it's set set in New York, gritty New York with this gang who has to make their way back. Uh, to their home turf before getting wasted by the, all the other gangs who are blaming oh. them for the death of the. This kind of um, this guy named Cyrus brings all these gangs together mm-hmm. one night, and he says, "You know, we can ro- we can rule this city if we all band together and work together to take off take on the police." Very interesting, mm-hmm. actually, timely. Uh, but <laughs> and then and then uh, he gets assassinated by David Patrick Kelly's character uh, from mm-hmm. this gang called the Rogues, and he and they blame it on the Warriors because one of the Warriors saw him shoot Cyrus his character oh, and he's like the warriors did it the warriors did it and so now every gang in new york city thinks that the warriors killed cyrus who is this messiah right who's okay who's their um their leader so every gang in new york city wants to w- take them out waste them and they've mm-hmm. got to they've got to go like you know 17 miles or something back to new back to coney island or some wow. 50 miles i think maybe 50 miles anyways <laughs> uh i forget exactly and and it takes takes place over the course of one night, which I love, and um, mm-hmm. it's great. It's 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 got cheesy '70s dialogue, late '70s, early '80s. It's very comic booky, 
uh, esque. Oh, good. D- unfortunately, the only version that's available right now is like the director's cut, which actually he cut super long. No, they like he added um, scenes of like animated scenes in between scenes. Where like a comic okay. book, does almost it, like a... Does it work? Or... No, it's terrible. No. It's terrible. Okay. So if you can get your hands on the original DVD version, uh, I highly recommend uh-huh. it. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. I know we're totally derailed, but uh, The Warriors no, is my all-time good. favorite movie. So I just, I'm just saying. I love it. And do you guys review it on, you review it on Podcasting After Dark? We haven't yet. Wink, wink. Um, oh. Because okay. Corey's like, we're going to do this movie someday, right? And I go... Yeah, I'm saving it for a very uh, special episode. And, okay. Uh, we're getting Good. there. We're getting there. So. Good. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you guys would ever pick apart The Crow? Is this something that you guys would do? Or is well, this too... I think he did. Like, I, I think when I chose The Crow f- to talk about with you, Corey was mm-hmm. like, oh, because I told Corey what movie we were going to, and comic book we were going to go over. He's like, oh, wow, yeah, I love that, because he loves The Crow. Yeah, I could see us doing The Crow. Um you know, because podcasting after dark has evolved into not just movies we're not supposed to watch as kids, but more just like cult movies, more like kind of you know, uh, movies that you might not specifically think of. Um, yeah. uh, you know, we just reviewed that reviewed this movie called The Keep, which is like a very, mm-hmm. very cult movie. Um, wouldn't talk about it on Two Dollar Late Fee because Two Dollar Late Fee covers more eighties, early nineties stuff. Okay, um, but you know it might come up every now and then, like a watch list. But I would love to break down the crow. There's so much to say about it. Clearly, <laughs> I yeah. I mean, I I mean, we did a pretty good breakdown here. We didn't do so. it like scene by scene, but we did a lot of like overarching themes and kind of the thesis of totally. it. Totally, the gooey, the gooey parts of it, anyway. Totally. I was gonna, I was gonna say, uh, you know, one one last thing about it because I, I took a bunch of please, please, bunch of notes. Um, Oh my gosh, whatever you got, man, I'm here. I got time. Go. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Do it. Go for it, Zach. Yeah, my, my wife's like, is this going to be a podcasting after dark episode where it's like three hours long? And I go, no, it's going to be more like $2 late fee where it's a little over an hour, you know? And uh, she's like, okay, cool. I'm like, or not. I, I don't know. care. This could, this could be the longest. <laughs> I have no parameters when it comes to OCD. Like, I just want people to come on here and just gush about things that they love and just be themselves and go off rail and just be humans. Cause I, I can't like, I can't make a podcast where it's like so chopped up and confined and everything has to sound perfect. I want it to be super like raw because I mean, humans, I, there needs to be more raw content out there about how, like who people are and what truly makes them happy and passionate about things. And it's funny cause people come on here and they're like, I'm so sorry, I'm getting excited. I'm like, no, please get excited. That's what I want. Like I, I want you to do that. So, well, we, sorry, we yeah, guys. no, we need more of that in the world. Uh, I said that on the last episode I did a $2 late fee. Um, mm-hmm. We actually just talked about a movie called the wildlife, which is a, an underrated cult movie. It's, it's loosely technically the sequel to fast times Ridgemont high. Okay. Um, because it's written by Cameron Crowe, who wrote Fast Times as well. Yeah. Um, but it's really not. Um, but there's a but there's a scene at the end of the movie on the marquee of this high school, um, and I, I'm I'm chopping it up a little bit, but it's something like you know, um, the future is up to you, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think about like it is it is we are it's what is happening in our country in the world is up to us is if we work together right if we work together then we will get things going in the direction of positivity if we work together Mm -hmm. um but if we don't we won't 
and I mean it's pretty cut and dry. But but one of yeah full stop right yeah like, it's done it. like you know because people yeah. people go like well you know, you, you know you don't know the way the election results are going to go and like no 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 like look if we all band together to create a po- this positive world we want to see mm-hmm. we can make it happen and um and one of those i think one of those components is being happy and joyful about what brings you joy in your life you know yeah i sometimes it's not encouraged uh, enough right sorry no no that, no what, what did you just say I was just going to say it's not encouraged enough to express like who you truly are because the fact that people feel like they need to apologize, it's like, wait, no, there's something wrong here. Like it's no, like it, it, go gush like and, and people should be better listeners too, and yeah. like absorb what people are saying because people are sharing their heart, you know, and that's super important. You should be honored when somebody shares their heart with you. You know, I agree. I agree. Um, back to my buddy, Daniel. Who lived in Hollywood and he had this book or it was in an album cover it was either an album cover or a book cover but it always stayed with me uh and it said let your freak flag fly and yeah. I just love that like it's an old 70s kind of late 60s early 70s term you know hey man yeah. like just do do you do you man yeah. but it's true like if you that I the Going back to 93, taking myself back there mentally as a, who I was at that time, I was so, so I was so enclosed and so uh, afraid to be myself and express wanting to express myself, but so overwhelmed by bullies and, um, sure. and, and a negative culture in school. Like if you didn't wear the top of the line, this or that, you were an outcast, you know, what, where'd you get those shoes, you know, or, or mm-hmm. like, what, why did you, why, why are you listening to that? And like this idea of like, you can't just be yourself. And, and I think we're all, especially when you're a teenager, striving to be liked, striving to be wanted, striving to be just yep. accepted for who you are mm-hmm. and to have people judge you in that way. I think we're getting better on that respect because the platform has opened up. There's a, there's a bigger platform, uh, positively and negatively with social media to, to be seen and heard. And so yeah. someone will look, you know, in the Netherlands might reach out to you and they're like, Hey, I, I like that band too. You know, yeah. Oh my God, they just DM'd me that they like the same songs I like, you know, and what a cool feeling that is to like yeah. make a connection. And, um, I was just saying that the other day that to, to somebody like, when you when when you find a common interest with somebody that's a great feeling right uh-huh. and so and then you can go oh my god well you, you know that thing where <laughs> they did that thing and blah, 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 and then next thing you know you're buddies and that's the way friendship's yeah. supposed to work but when you're in high school and you're stuck with 500 or 600 people that you're just forced to be around and mm-hmm. everybody's trying to be liked in their way and always the loudest voice gets heard unfortunately um, yeah. and then, you know, it, it can be very, uh, emotionally squashing, but oh yeah, I love yeah. the fact that I'm in my forties and doing what I love for the first time. Well, not, not for the first, I loved being a teacher, but I'm talking yeah. about movies, um, cr- getting to be a voice actor, but getting to do all the, getting to be a dad, which is the, such a great thing, which I didn't, mm-hmm. never wanted to be a dad. It just kind of came out. I like, Really? <laughs> that sounded terrible. Uh, but no, yeah, no, no. I totally. I didn't it. want kids for the longest time, and then suddenly, when I met, you know, my my now wife, like it all clicked for me. And um, wow. And that kind of goes back to like finding the 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 love in your life that makes you happy. And it's not like, oh my god, you know, uh, 
that 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 movie where they're like totally in love and they're like super hot <laughs> that's the world i want no that's not that's fake the real yes. world is there's 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 ups and downs and it's ugly mm-hmm. and it's beautiful at the same time and there's mm-hmm. arguing and there's not arguing but there's but it, it's the person that you want to be with in your life is the person that inspires you to be a better person and yes. that's yeah. i think sounds like that's your situation and it is for me um yeah, yeah i love that line in uh high fidelity uh where you know he's like there's the myth and there's the reality and he's like you're the reality and you know or something like that and i just yeah. love that because like no there's you know um whatever creatively sparks you brings you joy cultivate that i don't mm-hmm. care if it's it's make taking those stupid things on the uh at they give at the restaurant they're like wax have you seen these they're like wax no. sticks and then you can bend them into different shapes and make oh people yeah, on yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I know this is like Wait, what the hell? where you going with that um but no but it's like that you look at that thing and you're like that is really stupid man it's just a wax straws and then you start playing with you and like oh this is kind of cool man this is, makes me really make happy anything I want. Yeah. yeah or like cardboard yeah. you know maybe whatever like yeah. whatever brings you joy i don't give a shit if you're five years right. old or if you're 55 years old if you want to cut out a, a sword and and make cardboard swords and sell them on etsy that's fucking awesome Dude, there's a there's a group of people who do that exact same thing somewhere else and you'll find your tribe yes you know? find your tribe and your tribe could be in japan and you are in Reseda. you know it's like mm-hmm. whatever it doesn't matter Thank God for that aspect of social media, bringing people all over the world together. That's what it's meant to be for. And I think that people, like you were saying, they they produce some content that just seems so, like, people-pleasing or just very one-note or, like, this is how life should be. Like, sometimes some wedding photos, I'm like, I can see behind those eyes. Like, it doesn't look like you're having a good time. You know, yeah. it's like, who are you? How was it really? Like, who are you at your core? Like, it's – and to be vulnerable is, like, the biggest – uh, non-trendy thing, you know, yeah. and that needs to be promoted more. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, just, just, um, you know, we, I interviewed this guy on $2 Late Fee. His name's Brad Fidel. He's the music composer mm-hmm. for Terminator and Fright Night. And oh, cool. Really That's awesome. cool. Groundbreaking music, if you think about it. Term- there was nothing before Terminator. Terminator changed the game as far as synth artists are concerned, you know, and yeah. synth wave, which is like a, such a great. Wow, I didn't really that wow oh yeah like the band the midnight uh which is one mm-hmm. of my favorite bands they they are heavily influenced by brad fidel's synth music but he also did orchestra stuff too um you know he did over 60 movies soundtracks for movies well and yeah it's pretty amazing and um i think that was about 60 anyways you know i interviewed him recently and he's in his late 60s early 70s now and he's like you know, I'm following my bliss and, uh, you know, in, in the late 90s, I decided, you know, I was done and I, I'm going to go in the direction I want to go in. Yes. And, and on one hand, he even readily admitted this. On one hand, it, it's easy to say that when you're financially stable, you know. Sure, sure. However, he did say, uh, you know, there was such a fear around, well, I can't do what I love because I'm, it's not going to pay the bills. Right. But you can if you just you, you got to You got to be surrounded, like you said, with your tribe. You got to be surrounded by people mm-hmm. that inspire you and also support you. And I'm not saying financially. I'm saying just, you know, don't give up. You know? yeah, and you're saying yeah. like with with podcasts, podcasts come and go all the time. You know, I got mm-hmm. this great new podcast. Mm-hmm. It's about, 
you know, Lego culture in the 90s and the da 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 Yeah. And then next thing you know, they got three episodes and they're done because because either they get uninspired or they've got other priorities in their life. If you Work make it a priority, yeah. make it a priority and it will become, it will, it will grow, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, and then, I'm learning that right now too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is all, it's all, it's all that out there. You just gotta, you just, just don't give up and, and follow. There's a great documentary called Finding Joe. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's free. And, oh, cool. um, it's the director profiled celebrities uh musicians actors directors writers but also you know um spiritual gurus uh surfers everybody and it's about how joseph campbell's uh teachings have applied to their life and how they've used it to to enhance their life and how we all are on this hero's journey and in what how can you perceive your life as a journey and a hero's journey? Wow. And how can you be the hero of your story versus, you know, oh, that's not, I work at Walmart and, uh, and, and my life's not going like, this is my life. I'm like, okay, well, mm-hmm. what can you find in your life? And I'm not diminishing that at all. Like if you no. are a clerk at a store, hats off and you're happy with that. Hats off to you. That's awesome. Go do it, man. Yeah, for sure. That brings you joy. But what is it that brings you joy and find that thing and hold on to it? Hold on to it tight. Yeah. Don't let go. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways. Yeah. I told you guys it would be a deep episode. I just knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I have my moments. We have, it sounds like you do too, so. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love it. I love it. I think that's awesome. No, this is, I know it's like in and of related to the crow, but it's, um, no, we got to have these conversations. And I hope that like people, anybody that needed to hear all of that is is listening, you know? I hope so too. Um, I hope you, I hope you listen to us through the whole 90 minutes or whatever we did talk about so <laughs> yeah no I, you know i actually love uh podcasts more when they really just dive into like real life stuff i'm like okay no get to the real stuff like what's 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 at the core of all this so no thank you oh it's my for... pleasure i'm the same way I, we could talk on surface for for 60 minutes or 45 minutes <laughs> or we could go deep for 90 you know it's i'd rather go deep every time because you know, surface is surface is the uh, the headline of the news story. Deep mm-hmm. is reading the actual article. So yeah. you know, like the John Muir thing, it's like top article. John uh, John Muir was, I'm paraphrasing, horrible person. You're like, well, hold on, read a little bit deeper into this, figure out what's going on, have a discussion about it. Yeah. Don't just don't you know, the don't crow. You, you might look at the crow and go like, oh, it's a horror film. No, it's not. There's there's more layers. <laughs> Dig deeper. If you've never seen exactly. it, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a comic book and genre fan. <laughs> yeah. And don't be afraid. It's not going to. No. And the violence is it's it's intentional and it makes sense. It's not glorified. Um, right. And that's also what I love about it. That I'm not a gore person. And every time he went to go kill someone, I was like, oh, no. And then they cut away. And I was like, thank God, because I don't fucking need that horror, that gore. Like, I don't need that to know what just happened. I agree. Hitchcock was successful with it. And there's a reason why, you know, mm-hmm. he just he he didn't he didn't hardly ever show any gore. I, oh, there's another scene where girl gets her eyes pecked out. But and that's about the end. But you don't see it. Yeah. You just see the eyeball. Yeah, you just see the eyeball, and that's it. So. Oh, oh, at the end, yeah, yeah, when the 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 bad guy's girlfriend gets yeah. stabbed in the eye with the crow, I was like, get her. She sucks. <laughs> she does. She's gonna she's gonna hurt an animal, and you know, kids and animals, yeah. and well, people in general, hum- living creatures. Period. Yeah. A leaf on a tree. Don't pull it off. Don't do not pull a leaf off a tree if it is still on the tree. 
That's the same as yeah. someone pulling hair out of your head. It's the exact same thing. I, if a five-year-old can understand that, then a 25-year-old can understand that. Pick yeah. off one off the ground, okay? Yeah. Just don't. But that's... Let it be. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, so, so if someone hurts an animal, I'm just like, oh, they're going down. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and it's funny because sometimes in movies, I'm just like, not sometimes, all the times, but if there's like people dying, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when they take an animal or like, I'll just, you know, if there's a dog or something, I'm like, don't hurt that dog. Yeah. Don't you dare hurt that dog. Yeah. I, I'm out of this movie. If you hurt that dog. <laughs> I'm tapping out. Tapping out. Um, you said that you had other notes for the crow that you wanted to share. Oh or... yeah. No, I was, I was just going to say like, there, there was a couple funny moments, uh, some silly moments where, you know, uh, Eric and T-Bird, Eric gets T-Bird in the car and they're taking off and they're blazing down the street. It's a right before he kills T-Bird. Oh, yeah. And this cop yeah. car is like, you know, these two cops are sitting in the car and they're getting ready to drink coffee and mm-hmm. the car blazes by him. And the one cop goes, it's just a weird, it's a weird moment. And it always makes me laugh because he goes, what the crap? And, uh, yeah, I know. and I think crap is just a funny word. Thing. Crap and caca, I think are two hilarious words. Like, you know, someone says, oh, that is so caca, or that's a bunch of caca, or that's a bunch of crap. I just think it's funny. Instead of saying shit, yeah. I think it's just, I don't know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> right after that happens, he turns the car around and he blazes off, and the coffee spills all over his partner's lap, and the, and the partner yeah. lets out this scream, which is just like his leg was just removed. And it's <laughs> really funny, because you're just like, oh, that must have been what happened to that lady at the McDonald's stand, uh, uh, drive-thru when she spilled the hot coffee on her leg, and she sued McDonald's, yeah. and she got a million dollars, and then, you know. Anyways, um, Whoa. I didn't know that. that happened. But, um, wow. yeah, and that's why co- they had to put labels on coffee, like saying, you know, hot. caution, hot. <laughs> She's the reason. She's the reason. Wow. It's the idiot who's like, you're an idiot. You just, you put your seatbelt on, you know? You yeah. wear a fucking mask right now. Like, just do it. Uh, I love yeah. that. Anyways, uh, that, that what the crap? That happens. And then later on in the movie, after the big shootout at Club Trash, which is uh, Top Dollar's club, and mm-hmm. all the stunt doubles with their 80s mustaches get knocked out the windows. Uh, the <laughs> cops show up, and this, I think it's—I I think it's actually his partner. It's not the original cop that said it, but he gets out of the car and he looks up. He's like, "What the crap?" I'm <laughs> just like, hey, "Why does he?" <laughs> it's like, yeah. the exact same line. It's the exact same line. I love that. And then Skank, yeah. the character Skank. I think Skank is such a funny name. Um, there's a movie yeah. called The Wraith, and there's a character named Skank in that too. Skank. And I hope it's not, you know, you always go back to words that like you can't, certain words now were uh, derived from, you know, racist terms. So hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's just (laughs) skank is skank. And I never used it for another connotation. I know it has. But uh, Mm -hmm. but anyways, the skank character, and that's his name. uh, He's just a funny, like, he's such a meth head. And it's mm. and it's so funny. Yeah. It's like a cartoon <laughs> character. Like, look, you have to also laugh at the fact that it's just over the top. He's such an over the top actor. Uh, I think his name's Angel David. That's his real name. But he's so oh, irony. good. Yeah, right. And it's so good. He's so good in it. And um, he just has these these lines all the, throughout the movie. I didn't write them down, but he just I just it's a nice comic relief uh, amongst. And then yeah. and then Tony Todd, the Candyman, the original Candyman. Um, which I will say, you know, I know they're, they're remaking Candyman. Um, uh, yeah, I heard about that. I'm open to it. I'm always open to a remake as long as it's good. Not like the fog or not like, you know, other John Carpenter remakes, which have been terrible. Has there ever been a good remake? I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. Well, the thing uh, is a good remake, 
of a of a fifties oh, movie. Okay. Um, and there occasionally remakes can can be decent. Uh, yeah, but mm-hmm. that is another podcast. Um, but Tony Todd, the original Candyman, who was great on uh, the remake of Night of the Living Dead, which is an it was came out in the early nineties. Um, okay, I haven't seen it's it. It's color. It's in color, and Tony Todd plays the lead actor in that. Um, Tony Todd's great, and he's like a genre horror veteran. Mm-hmm. He's great in his role as like the the, the bodyguard, basically. Um, and then there's that scene where Ernie, where when Ernie Hudson's character shows up at the church to rescue Eric, and he's got this cannon gun. It's like a flare gun, but it looks like yeah. a bazooka kind of. I'm like, and he drops it at one point, or like I don't know, continuity. He, suddenly, he doesn't have the gun anymore, and I'm just like, yeah. where the hell? What the hell is that thing? It's like a giant flare gun, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. Um, hey, it works. I mean, maybe it's the only thing he had. He got fired, didn't he? So maybe his gun was taken. Oh, I think it was badass. I'm like, oh, that's a cool looking. I'm not a fan of guns at all, but but in movies, you know, right. the context it was cool. And and like I said, the the soundtrack was is is unbelievably bad badass. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. yeah, there's there's and and there's a really funny scene where. Uh, the, yeah, the the girlfriend slash sister of Top Dollar. Uh, so weird. <laughs> like yep. You know, they're getting ready to hunt. Weird. They're talking about hunting Eric, and uh, mm-hmm. and she she says this line. She's like, "I like the pretty lights." Very dark, and everyone laughs <gasps> at her. That? Everyone laughs at. Her. <laughs> yeah. And they cut back to her yeah. face, and her face is like, "Why are you laughing at me?" <laughs> And it's a really funny moment because you're like, yeah. is this supposed to be a dark scene? Because now it's not. Yeah. So anyways. What annoyed me so much about her is that her lipstick was like overdrawn. Overdrawn and her eyebrows were like, someone took a Sharpie to her eyebrows. Liter- literally. Yeah. It, yeah. She was, but she was made really creepy too. She's great. She Bai Ling is a killer actress. She's, she's very, she's very unique, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, see, I don't know her in anything but this. Okay, so she's always kind of she's very good at what she does. Yeah, she's she's um, she's very artsy, you know, uh, in the, in a very similar way to like Grace Jones, you know, Grace mm-hmm. Jones, um, who's in the View to a Kill and Vamp, which is a cool vampire movie from the eighties. Uh, okay. Very unique look. I think Grace Jones might have been a fashion model. I think Bai Ling might have been a fashion model. Very like what I like about both of them. And, and I don't mean this in a sexist way at all. I think they're very beautiful because they're just very like, just you, like, they don't, they just exude a uniqueness. They're very like, mm. you know, and, and they're not trying, yeah. and you know, they're not afraid of being themselves is what I like too. That's, and that's what makes them beautiful exactly. as well. You can see that. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm like, that's a beautiful person because they're not trying to um, pretend they're somebody they're not. Yeah. And that's the whole theme of this podcast. Yay. Yeah. um which is awesome thank you zach holy cow that was like a long like ocd's longest episode but like i really appreciate no like i i mean you laugh but like it's like i really do appreciate when people come on here and they're just like here i am and i'm like awesome come on in like that's what i want so well it's my pleasure i i i think now people will realize that podcasting after dark and uh two dollar late fee i'm the reason why it goes so long so Really? Are you the reason? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. I don't think so. No, Corey can talk a lot too. Hey, but... I was gonna say Corey can talk forever. He can talk forever. Talking? Yeah, but uh, no, yeah. it's it's it was so great being on the show and so great talking to you and finally Good. being able to be on the show to talk to you. So uh, I'd love to do it again down the road sometime. Always down. Yeah, I'd love to. We'll do we'll do more of a maybe a lighter comic. Yeah. 
maybe or not or not maybe you come on here to talk about the hard stuff with me maybe that's the thing i don't know i'm always down to do either or um yeah you know because because I, I i can go there and go wherever you need i'm a gemini so i've got many faces oh yeah yeah, yeah. you can you can be there you're very you're very present wherever you're needed that's awesome try to be <laughs> Uh, well, Zach, uh, where can we find you out there in, in the world? Well, now that I have my, I got a brand new website up, uh, Zach Schaefer yeah. VO, and people will be like, mm-hmm. how do you spell that? It's Z-A-K-S-H-A-F-F-E-R, ZachSchaeferVO.com. It's got links mm-hmm. to my Instagram, my Facebook, uh, my podcasts. You can see some of the commercial work, the animation work I do. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram and find me at $2LateFee.com and PodcastingAfterDark.com. Two very near and dear podcasts to my heart. Oh, good. It seems like you guys... I, um, I've listened to a few $2 Late Fee, and you guys are really funny. You guys are fun. Oh, thanks. It's such a fun show. That, that show intentionally is supposed to just be lighthearted and a positive spin on... Um, you know, trying to find the, 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 the shine in everything. Uh, yeah. because we need more positivity in the world. However, I will say on this next on, on our episode regarding the wildlife, uh, that was a tough one because uh, oh. because there there was a lot to like and, and a lot to dislike. So uh, it, it, there's a little bit of a debate that goes on between me and my co-host Dustin Rubin. So Ooh. yeah, in a in a, in a fun way. But yeah, it's fun. We interview celebrities. We've had we've met some really amazing people. Um, yeah, you guys have great people on. You have amazing stories. The guy that stayed at your house. Oh, er, uh, Richard Norton. Yeah, yeah. Richard Norton amazing. is. Yeah, he's. Uh, you know, people don't. He's not a household name, but if you grew up in the '90s and went to a video store, he was on every mm-hmm. action martial art action box. Um, but the guy is actually now a stunt coordinator for movies like uh, Suicide Squad Two, Mad Max, Whoa. the la- mm-hmm. latest Mad Max movie. Um, he did a Scarlett Johansson film. Um, Ghost in the Shell, I think, is what he did. Uh, one of the X Men movies he worked on. He's a behind the scenes guy now, but he was a heartthrob hunk in the eighties, action martial artist, <laughs> and just a solid, good person. Um, yeah, he ended up staying at our house. He and his wife Judy stayed at our house for six days because they their Airbnb fell through when they were in between. Um, you know, going from Australia to Atlanta, they stopped in L.A. It was crazy, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is one of my idols living in our house right now. And crazy. And, you know, if you have the opportunity to meet a hero and it lives up to your expectations like he did, uh, (sighs) more power to you because it was. And I that story didn't make it onto our show, but uh, it's on our Instagram. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we've interviewed people from like Eric Roberts to uh, Diane Franklin, who's in a movie called Better Off Dead. That's what she's mostly known for. Uh, We interviewed um, Keith Coogan for an upcoming episode who's from uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Uh, and adventures in babysitting. We interview a lot of people who oh, were yeah. very popular in the 80s and 90s, um, but have a great story to tell. Mm-hmm. One, one, because people often say, what's your fa- one of your favorite interviews? I'll say Mitch Gaylord. He's an Olympic gold medalist from the 84 Whoa. Olympics. Uh, he, won, he won the gold, silver, and bronze. It's the only time our uh, American U.S. men's gymnastic team swept the uh, medal categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went from being an Olympic gold medalist to the star of a movie called American Anthem, and they thought, okay. and everyone thought he was going to be the next big thing. The movie mm-hmm. flopped, and his life went south. And he now lives in Texas and owns a fitness studio. And we talked about how you go from being at the top to the bottom and getting back to the top again. 
and it's super inspirational. People will be like, well, wow. I didn't think that was going to, oh, wow, yeah, this is kind of a game changer. So, yeah. And you get to have those conversations with them and ask the questions. So you're like sitting in the best seat in the house. Man. Yeah. And like you said, you know, you like having a deeper conversation than just on the surface. That's where I go too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talked to Damone from Fast Times to Ridgemont High. Everyone knows Damone. You know, it's like, hey, you know, it doesn't matter whether she comes, stays, lays, or prays. It's all about the attitude, you know, and this whole thing. <laughs> Got any iced tea? And so he's known for that. And so every yeah. podcast he does, he talks about Damone, and that's cool. But he and I spent an hour talking about music from the 70s because he loves music. He's a musician. So we talked about music, yeah. and it was great. Um, it's a little bit of everything. So anyways, that's $2 late fee. Obviously, people are like, oh, I know what podcasting after dark is, so. But, um, no, I mean, maybe they don't. I mean, we got some new listeners here. And, I mean, this is coming out in October, so okay, yeah, you never know. yeah. And we, and speaking of that, we've got, we've got, uh, we interviewed um, Tom Holland, the director of Fright Night, Stephen Jeffries, oh, cool. Stephen Jeffries, who played Evil Ed in Fright Night. Uh, he and I actually became friends because of the podcast. Um, oh wow! That's because he doesn't do podcasts, he doesn't do interviews, and just like my, I said, Michael Wincott did. But but he and I got to talking. He's like, oh, you know, I'll come on the show and I'll I'll talk about my career. Yeah. And he's had a really up and down life, more down than up, um, but he's in a much better place now. And it's very, wow. I'm very happy to see talk to people like that, and and, mm -hmm. and know that you can go. Th we all go through tough times, right? Everybody's going through something. Yep. Oh, yeah. And you don't know, oh, yeah. you know, like we've said a bunch of times on this, you don't know the person's journey unless you're in their head. Yeah. And. Yeah. Give them a chance. But we're all out there when we're listening and, and we want to know mm -hmm. how we can help. So, um, yeah. you know, if we're helping bring some joy by making somebody laugh and smile, great. If you listen to our show and you're like, this sucks. Great. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> then you then what's wrong with you? No. Um, yeah. You know, someone someone posted a meme like of the person saying this is what it's like listening to podcasts and looking on the outside of a restaurant and seeing two people laughing on the inside of the restaurant and you're on the outside <laughs> and it's raining on your head. And I'm like, is it that bad? I don't I don't think so. I don't know. So anyways, I think if you keep your audience in the loop the whole time, you know, and it's like if there's an inside joke, then you explain the story. Yeah. You know? Yeah, guys. So we're, yeah. we're here. You're listening to us. And thanks for listening to me. Yeah. For yeah. Yeah. Forever. That's, thanks for coming on. This is awesome. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so glad you were here finally. And you'll definitely have to come back if, if you want to. I would we be just... honored. I would be honored. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Zach. Yay, thanks. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> Woo. All right, guys, that is day six of 31 Days of Horror. Uh, join me tomorrow, October 7th, as I do the seventh day of horror. And I'm not going to tell you what it is until tomorrow. Ooh. So you're just going to have to wait. I'm excited. Going to have to wait. Yeah. Um, if you got some time, go ahead and you haven't uh, listened to the previous days, go ahead, go back and listen. And then listen to this one. And then, I mean, just, oh, wait, you've already listened to this one if you've gotten this far. But you know what I'm saying. Go back and listen. Uh, some great stories we've got so far. Everybody's just... Just, uh, everybody on here is just incredible. I'm truly honored to have every, um, all of these guests. This month is just it's just unfolding so beautifully and I am so happy. My husband is like, holy cow, I've never seen this level of happiness. And I'm like, I, I don't know, man, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm talking to people that I love and meeting amazing, incredible people like Zach here and um, and learning stories. So 
again, truly honored that you uh, came here and uh, shared your story and and shared your guts. And speaking of guts, happy Halloween, guys. It's almost yeah. Halloween. Um, you're about to hear the outro for OCD, uh, but I did not put in there that I am on. We are on. We are all here. We are OCD. We're on Twitter at Ongoing Comic Pod. So check it out there. Follow it. Fun stuff to be had. All right, guys. I'll see you next time. Woo! <laughs> awesome. Thank you for tuning in to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast 31 Days of Horror. If you like what you're hearing, please follow OCD on any of your favorite podcatchers. Take it a step further and leave a five-star Apple Podcast review. (laughs) That really helps me out. Thank you. You can follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast or facebook.com slash OCD podcast. Tune in tomorrow as I reveal another horror Halloween comic. <laughs> Hi friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. 